It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sam Ekstrom, the host of the show, episode 362, tucked back in the uh, the maze that they call the Cumulus Radio Building here in Minneapolis, where we usually record our podcast. My guest today is Arif Hassan, sitting right next to me. He was at the Senior Bowl last week in Mobile, Alabama. We'll talk a little bit about the draft and about the prospects on today's show. Arif, you got to watch the Vikings lose from Mobile. What was that experience like? Uh, it wasn't great. In fact, we were actually looking for a place to watch the game. The person that we were rooming with didn't really like our uh, solution to watch the Jaguars-Patriots game beforehand, uh, and you know, which I thought was fine. We were streaming it through my laptop onto the TV. Uh, but, you know, they didn't want to do that, and so we had to, like, go bar hopping for a while, and the game just started when we finally found a bar. It was in standard definition. So the first half we saw was just this grainy, awful, you didn't really get much of a sense of anything except that the Vikings were losing by a pretty substantial margin. So we ended up booking it back to Airbnb to stream it via the laptop for the second half, which that didn't seem like it was a trip that was worth it. And that wasn't exactly a scintillating second half either. No, um, yeah, it was... We, we rushed to be more disappointed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you had some sun. You had uh, at least some nice weather to get you by. I returned the day after the game on Monday, and I got my car stuck trying to park it on the other side of the street to avoid a snow emergency uh, towing. So that was fun. At least you didn't have to, to encounter that. You got to be there and watch uh, the Senior Bowl practices, Leading up to the Senior Bowl game on Saturday, you got to see a lot of the top prospects. I guess I'll just let you go. What stood out to you during Senior Bowl week generally? Well, I watched a lot of offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I know that that's going to be an area of focus for the Vikings. Um, yeah, they may have to replace, you know, Jarek McKinnon in free agency, but you can't evaluate the running backs anyway. So I really wanted to take a look at what was happening on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, they had a couple of offensive linemen that I thought were interesting, which I know this is going to drive enormous clicks, right, talking about offensive linemen. But, um, you know, the Senior Bowl, we always get kind of enchanted with these small school guys or guys from schools that we haven't heard about, uh, a ton about. But I think in this, in this week particularly, we actually saw uh, more small school players do better uh, than we have in the past. And I think that the risers that people always talk about with the Senior Bowl – um, are actually genuinely players that we'll see kind of go in the early rounds. So Alex Kappa from Humboldt State. Um, mm. Yeah, you, you don't really you don't really expect that. Kind see, of this thing. drafts Ali Marpet. 
Uh, actually, that's that's not a bad uh, comparison in terms of the way that he kind of just exploded onto the scene. Now, they play different positions. Eli Marpet's a guard and center. Uh, Alex Kepper really should just be playing on the outside of tackle, but he was doing a lot. He was winning against um, some, you know, uh, some power five, you know, Alabama – uh, type off uh, defensive lineman, both at tackle and at uh, and at defensive end. Um, he has a lot of really good technique. Uh, one of the scouts I was down there talking to uh, for an NFL team, an NFC team, uh, mentioned that he really thought Alex Kappa was actually going to have a kind of a difficult day because he had what, what he called a sloppy body. Um, but it worked out really well for him. He's got extraordinary coordination, uh, and this might actually end up meaning that once he gets to an NFL training room and gets on their strength and conditioning program, he actually has upside, and he was probably the best tackle there. Um, so I liked him. There was another guy, uh, Isaiah Wynn, Georgia, not a small school, um, who uh, played left tackle last year for Georgia uh, and is transitioning to guard, and he's played on the left side of the line his entire life. They played him at right guard. He looked completely natural there. He was the best guard there, and I think that's someone the Vikings are interested in. And then one guy that uh, a couple of people uh, have been talking about as a potential riser is Will Hernandez from uh, Texas, El Paso, uh, UTEP. Um, he uh, he's another guy that has you know quote unquote bad body, but you know he was winning a ton of his reps. He's a really powerful guy. He's kind of an awkward mover, and I think the Vikings like to move their guards a lot in in their running schemes. So I don't know if he's a perfect fit. I think that Win is maybe a better fit than Hernandez. Um, but he and her or he and, and Win had just phenomenal weeks uh, the entire time. Didn't have a single bad day. Um, another small schooler, Colby Gossett from uh, Appalachian State. Um, is a guy uh, worth watching for in the mid-rounds. He could be a, a guard that the Vikings could have. And then if we wanted to move away from the offensive lineman, a uh, small school guy from uh, Fort Hayes State, uh, Nathaniel Shepard, uh, was, was perhaps the most impressive defensive lineman there. He had to leave early, unfortunately, because he had a, a broken, I think, third metatarsal in his hand. It'll heal in two, three weeks, so he'll be ready for the combine. Um, but he was astounding, and he's a guy that won the weigh-in, and everyone knew it because he clapped after he heard his, uh, after he heard his weight. Um, a lot of people were worried that he'd come in at 285, um, which is just at the low end. I mean, we've seen you know, Aaron Donald weigh 280, Geno Atkins, I think, weigh 285 in, in, in pre-draft workouts. So it's not impossible, um, but you know, he came in, looked lean, rocked up, didn't look like a defensive tackle, looked like a linebacker, kind of like Aaron Donald, uh, and then weighed in at 310. Uh, and so when he heard that weight, he was very excited. He let the whole room know. Uh, and it didn't look like any bad weight. He was moving extremely well in practices. He got past um, – actually, he, did a, he had a pretty good rep against Juan Hernandez. He got past him immediately. Um, did a really good job uh, you know, creating a name for himself. Probably earned a lot of money despite that injury. Um, but, you know, if we wanted to talk about the players that actually touched the ball, I thought Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback there. Um, I actually had such high expectations of him that um, he didn't play up to my expectations while in practices, which, you know, maybe you don't have, you know, you don't have a good command of the offense yet. You don't have any chemistry with any of the wide receivers. It's all excusable, but I had just, I had watched so much good Baker Mayfield stuff that the fact that he was the best quarterback there was, like, not good enough for me. Um, but he was probably that. Um, Byron Pringle, a wide receiver from Kansas State, didn't make any name for himself in the game. I think he had one target uh, and one catch, but might have been the best receiver there. Didn't get a ton of, uh, you know, passing plays at Kansas State. Didn't get a lot of targets. But he was open all the time. Uh, he caught everything thrown his way. Um, and he's kind of interesting. He can play on the inside or the outside. So if the Vikings kind of want to supplement their wide receiver core, an already impressive wide receiver core, they, they might want to go towards him. The problem is I'm looking at the, all of these big receivers. Um, uh, people like Jaleel Scott, who's 6'6". Um, you know, people like... Um, 
uh, Marcel Aitman or Alan Lazard from Iowa State. Looking at all these big guys, and I'm thinking the Vikings could really use a big guy if you know Treadwell doesn't work out. They need a red zone threat. I don't think any of them impressed. Um, Alan La- uh, Lazard, Lazard, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name, um, did well in red zone drills, so he's somebody to look at, but he was a guy that just kept falling over in drills, didn't really know Yikes. how much athleticism he had, and he kept trying to push himself. So I think once he figures out who he is as a receiver, you know, maybe he could be a supplementary threat, but he's definitely not a guy um, that, that I would bank on too much. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Well, you got to love what Phil Savage does with the Senior Bowl, the way he brings in some of the smaller school guys and allows them to make a name for themselves, put themselves on the draft experts' radar to get some pub and maybe show what they can do. A lot of those guys are probably going to go late in the draft, though. They might be mid to late round guys. Can you give a breakdown generally of how many of these guys at the Senior Bowl are going to go on the first day, second day, third third day? Because I know there were some big-name quarterbacks specifically. How would you break down sort of the classes with which you know these guys belong to, day one, day two, day three? Um, I think you're going to get a good mix. I think that the Senior Bowl attendees will have people go all the way from the first through seventh rounds and a couple of guys go undrafted. Um, and so, and I think it's relatively evenly distributed, more than you'd expect, I think, um, you know, because you'd expect more people of third-round quality to be available in the talent pool because more people of third-round quality yeah. exist, right? Um, but, no, it was a pretty even mix. I mean, you'll see Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield go in the first um, as quarterbacks, you'll see one of those guards, uh, maybe two, actually go in the first round. Um, I don't think we'll see any of those wide receivers or running backs go in the first round, but we might see, you know, one of the defensive tackles or edge rushers. Um, but you know, as you as you kind of move on, I think we'll see uh, some pretty good second round talents. People like like I mentioned, Nate Hayes uh, or Nate Shepard from Fort Hayes State, um, who uh, who still has some questions to answer about his film. You know, he looks frenetic, not that not that controlled like he did in practices. So we'll see, you know, what happens to him. Um, but, you know, some of these quarterbacks, I think Luke Falk's a second-round, third-round guy. Um, the, the tight end class wasn't very top-heavy, but it was pretty deep. Um, it's, you know, you've got, you know, one kind or another. You've got Mike Gusecki, who's not very good at blocking. Able and willing, or willing, but not very able, rather, um, but very fluid and excellent receiver. You've got Durham Smythe from uh, Notre Dame, another domer, um, that uh, that – uh, is a really good blocker, but just doesn't really have the kind of athleticism. I actually asked a lot of people down there. I was like, okay, so Durham Smythe, the way you describe him to me sounds a lot like David Morgan. Who do you think was a better prospect coming out? A lot of people actually said 
uh, David Morgan. I don't know if I agree after watching what Smythe did. Um, but you'll see, you know, these specialists at tight end, they'll go anywhere between the third and fifth round. Really, you know, I, I think out of the 90 or so people that were on rosters, you'll see basically an even amount go through the first through uh, third rounds. Then you'll have a bit more of a concentration in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, and a couple of seventh and, and undrafted free agents. Was David Morgan a senior bowl guy? I don't think so. No. Um, I actually asked the um, Marcus Davenport, a Texas San Antonio yep. guy. Got a bunch of buzz there. I actually don't think he looked all that good in practices. Had a pretty good game. Um, I actually asked him about David Morgan, and um, you know he's a he's a super relaxed guy. Uh, took all the questions kind of at, at face value and, and on even keel. But when I mentioned David Morgan, his eyes lit up. He was actually really excited. He talked to to Morgan right before the Senior Bowl week. Uh, congratulated him on on beating the Saints and wished him lucky against the Eagles, which you know, I guess that wasn't enough. Um, but they do talk a lot. Um, David Morgan's the first Texas San Antonio guy ever drafted. Yeah. Uh, it's a fairly new football program. Um, but no, I don't think David Morgan was at the Senior Bowl. I feel like the Senior Bowl is an event that really tests guys in terms of their their mental capacity to digest new coaching. They probably meet with a, a number of different coaches and, and, and talk about their offenses and trying to just express how much they can learn in a short period of time, right? I mean, it's it's got to be as much that as it is the physical part of the game because they're, they're throwing these guys in against different skill levels. They're learning new systems, new plays, new offenses. A lot of football IQ being put on display here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And some of these guys are actually learning uh, kind of new positions. Um, so, for example, DJ Chark's a wide receiver from LSU. He was a deep threat. Um, ran a lot of post routes, a lot of go routes deep. Um, and didn't run that many intermediate or underneath routes. They had him run a lot of those. He looked actually pretty poor at that. He obviously had a pretty good game. They used him the way he was used at LSU. In the game itself, I think he had something like 140 yards and maybe two touchdowns. He, he did a pretty good game. But um, I, I think that uh, you know a lot of these guys um, get tested in a bunch of different positions. Um, the story of the Senior Bowl is Shaquem Griffin. Uh, is a linebacker from Central Florida who only has one hand. Uh, and uh, you know he's a super athletic guy, but they played him at edge rusher, linebacker, and safety, which you never wow. see. Can you imagine Everson Griffin playing safety? Um, no. It's yeah, it's it, it was kind of exciting. Um, you know he did fairly well at sort of all three levels, um, but then you know they kind of saw you know you know if we play him at safety, what are the things that you know we can get, we can't get? He's an incredibly athletic linebacker, very fluid, but, I mean, against if you compare him to safeties, you know, he may have, like, average movement ability. Um, he's a very strong linebacker, um, but when you compare him against edge rushers, maybe he's not as strong, but maybe he's faster, he can kind of make up for it. And so you see um, a lot of people kind of moving positions around, and that tests for football IQ, too. Um, in terms of, you know, just the guys that are playing the positions that they normally play, but having to pick up a new system, having to, you know, learn, uh, you know, how to play with new players, how to learn, pick up new coaching techniques, you learn a lot there. I mean, there's a guy um, whose name I kind of forget right now uh, who played on the offensive line that only played with a certain kind of set. You know, there's like four or five different ways you get off the line of scrimmage after the snap, and it kind of changes how you attack or how you receive, you know, the opposing defensive lineman. And they were trying to get him to go through other sets and one-on-ones, and it was very awkward for him. It was really difficult. Um, it's, it's, just, it's those kind of small details that you learn a lot about players that you know, may look good on film, but when you ask them to do something that kind of resembles what your team needs to do, uh, they may fall apart and they may take a little bit longer to learn. Those are, that's really important information to have. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's Arif Hassan at Arif Hassan NFL, talking Senior Bowl. Let's get a couple Super Bowl questions to you before you go. Are you going to partake in any of the festivities around town? Going to you know, take the girlfriend downtown, walk around Nicolette Mall, anything like that? Uh, we're thinking about it. Uh, the problem, of course, is that it is like nine degrees out. That hurts. Um, yeah, which, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to apologize for that when other sports writers ask me about it because, you know, we have to deal with it. Um, they, they get to show up here for a week and take advantage of the skyways. Um, but, you know, that, that's, uh, that's something. I might head over to the Mall of America, Radio Row. There's a lot of festivities there as well. Um, you know, meet up with some, uh, some of the media members that I talk to. Uh, back down at the Senior Bowl, maybe maybe I'll hop on to, uh, to a podcast or a radio show then, too. Not bad. What do you think about the game itself? It feels to me like the Eagles still are underrated, even after what they did to the Vikings, because when you play the Patriots, Brady and Belichick are always going to get the benefit of the doubt. You assume that Belichick figures out a way to, to out-scheme Nick Foles, figure out a way to beat that tough Eagles defense, but I still feel like Philadelphia is a very impressive team, and and maybe Foles showed something against the Vikings that uh, he's got sort of a big game gene in him. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think Foles' last playoff game before this was not very impressive. So if he's got a big game gene, uh, it has very recently been activated. Right. Um, the thing that worries me is that, you know, obviously, you know, Mike Zimmer, I think he's a very good coach. Um, but the thing that worries me is that, you know, Belichick is on another level. One of the stories that I remember from the last Super Bowl against Atlanta is that Belichick had noticed that Julio Jones had a, had a broken foot or something, and so he, he either couldn't turn left or right. One direction, he couldn't turn. I think it was left. Uh, and so they would always shade a cornerback in one direction to force him to turn the other direction off of that foot and rob him of a lot of the explosive power that makes him Julio Jones. That's something that he picked up after um, watching you know, both of the playoff games that Atlanta was in that year. Uh, and so, you know, that kind of ability to break down an individual player and find out one thing that nobody else had kind of figured out. I mean, Julio wasn't even on the injury report. Figure out something that nobody else had figured out and take advantage of it to kind of limit their, uh, limit their impact on the game. That worries me because I don't think Foles is a perfect quarterback. I don't think anybody does. He had maybe the best game of his life, yep. you know, against the Vikings. Um, I think it was his highest pro football focus score. Um, not his highest passer rating because of that uh, absurd 2013 season, but it was up there. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I think that, you know, the kind of tendencies that he may have showed over the past four games, you know, Belichick will find them and exploit them. I don't know what they are. I don't even know if Foles knows what they are. Um, but uh, it's difficult to bet against uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, great team, though. Philadelphia has basically every other position figured out. That being said, though, isn't there a stat like all of the Patriots' Super Bowl wins have come by like three points, four points, or six points, and one of them in overtime? I mean, they've had some very close Super Bowl games, so all bets kind of go off in the Super Bowl, right? So that's why I'm optimistic that the Eagles can at least give them a good game. There's something about that Eagles defense that I think will make it tough on Tom Brady. Uh, they proved that they, they were not an unstoppable offensive force last week. Granted, mm-hmm. they lost Gronk. Uh, partway through that game, they'll probably have him back in the Super Bowl. 
But I would I'd like my chances if I put a wager on uh, Philadelphia plus five and a half. Let's put it that yeah, way. It's still five and a half. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I think that uh, if you take into account that New England has had a bunch of close Super Bowls, maybe it's that extra prep week that gives the other coaches the ability to catch up. Uh, I don't know though. I still might take New England. I think you know a lot of those close games were against genuinely you know similar teams in terms of in terms of talent. I think that Seahawks team was was extraordinarily impressive. You know, obviously those two Giants games kind of stick out like sore thumbs. You know, the Patriots were just much better in both games. But I just think that the overall advantage that the Patriots tend to have with their personnel and their coaching will take over. But you know, maybe I'm wrong because again, that hasn't happened yet. Arif Hassan, at Arif Hassan NFL. Kind enough to join us to talk Senior Bowl and Super Bowl. Thanks, Arif. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.